game two of a back-to-back for your Phoenix Suns. And guess what? They come out victorious. They whooped that Miami Heat ass. Matthew, you were right. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. You're handsome. I am not. not You're true. an amazing person, and I am just your average Joe. You predicted that the Suns would win. The Suns did win by 20 points over the Miami Heat. How does it feel <laughs> to know that you are running away with this season's uh, guess what standings? Dude, John, you're falling away from me in this one. Kind of disappointing. I want to keep it like close towards the end, but it doesn't matter, man. I mean, this game, you feel so scared going to these games with a, a good competitive team. But it just it doesn't matter to the Suns team right now. It's just insanely. I mean, Brian Windhorse doesn't have to come on and tell us how good we are after he's done researching us for two minutes. We know we're that good for dude. two minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like it's like me going on there. Or if I'm going to go to like a Raptors game and go on the broadcast to talk about the Raptors, like that's the same stuff I would pull. Just like, yeah, this guy's really good. Good signing in the off season, you know. <laughs> but no, I, I feel bad for him. I, I love that guy. Well, well, we'll talk about that here in a little bit because okay. I do have my thoughts, obviously, on <laughs> all Brian, over the place there. Brian Windhorse joining the the Suns broadcast this evening. Uh, he's full of hot Windhorse, and it wasn't very pleasurable watching that. But it is pleasurable sitting here with you and all of the Jamsters who are joining us on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So thank you if you decided to press play and hang out with us this evening. If you are live on YouTube, Please hit the thumbs up button and subscribe. If you're watching on Facebook and Twitter, fantastic. Head over to YouTube, hit the thumbs up button and subscribe. If you are watching, I'm sorry, if you are listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, please subscribe, rate, and review. And again, if you have one of those five-star Apple podcast reviews, we'll read that on the show here for you. You can watch, I'm getting all the, the verbs wrong. You can, good, man. you can follow, you can follow. They understand. You can watch us on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can watch me on Twitter at Darth Void. You can watch Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Blissey. And there you go. It's go time. We're going to be talking about another fantastic (laughs) Suns victory. They are now 39 and 15. Yes. 39 and 15. One away from Fody. So are you drinking a Fody this evening? You know what? I brought it out again. Oh, are you doing your cranberry vodkas? Vodka and cran, dude. Ooh, I'm sorry, so, man. They're just too tasty. What is your vodka of choice? It's a... Uh, oh, my gosh. Which one's the blue one? Absolute? Absolute vodka. That's what I got. Absolute. Okay. Just a little well, bit. Not just, too much. Just the tip. Um, I have... A course banquet beer, because like Johnny Lawrence says, it's badass. Ooh, 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 ooh. And again, That's if you're watching man. along live in the, the chat on YouTube, if you want to do a super chat, you can hit that little dollar sign. You can send us a little bit of money so we can give Matthew some beer like a real man. He needs some beer money. But <laughs> cheers, Suns fans. Pop them <laughs> if you got them with us. Cheers. Yeah. And let's talk about another Suns victory. That's nine now in a row at home. Cheers, Suns fans. As I mentioned, this is now nine straight for the Phoenix Suns at home as they defeat the Miami Heat by a score of 106 to 86. And as we talked about this game yesterday, one thing that we didn't mention was the fact that this game wasn't on national TV. 
What are your mm-hmm. thoughts about that? Should this have been a matchup that the whole nation had an opportunity to see? Well, I mean, these schedules are set right before the season starts, right? Well, so halfway yes. through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, either way, whenever they set the schedule, it should be. It's a Tuesday night, though. The ones I get up for, like the Thursday and Friday night ones, you know, Wednesday night maybe sometimes, but Thursday night's where it's at because you have Chuck. You have Charles Barkley. I mean, I don't I don't even know if he's been on the broadcast lately, but I mean, Thursday night, I look forward to Chuck the most. So that's the only reason I want to see the Suns on TNT. But what you're, you're a little disappointed? No of course luck, I maybe? am. I think, well, I mean, when they did release the second half of the schedule for the Phoenix Suns, and if you're watching along live, we'll go ahead and we'll bring that up. You'll see that we just didn't get a lot of national TV games. And so we we discussed a little bit when they released this, but I mean, we had last week where we had the ESPN game against the Jazz. We had the TNT game against the Los Angeles Clippers. And then the next time we have anything that's nationally televised, you can say that the game that we have on the 21st against the Philadelphia 76ers on NBA TV is relatively nationally televised, but it's not till we play the Brooklyn Nets and then one one more against the Clippers. They just didn't get a lot of love, and I felt that, you know, as you mentioned, Matthew, this was a Tuesday mm-hmm. night game. This is probably one of the best games that was out there. The Miami Heat are one of those media darlings. They really like uh, what that team offers, and, you know, this is the defending Eastern Conference champions, the team that went to the NBA Finals and lost to the Los Angeles Lakers last year. So you have that narrative. You have the fact that the Suns are the second best team in the NBA. They, As we mentioned last night, they do at times have a hard time with athletic teams. The Miami Heat are an athletic team. And I just thought that it had enough of a national narrative to where you could put it on uh, at least TNT, NBA TV, something to where it could give more viewers an opportunity, especially on the East Coast, to see the Suns play. Yeah, you know what? It, it might be a good thing to have that happen, but I like them flying under the radar. I love just chilling with EJ and uh, Kevin Ray. I just I, I like that broadcast team so much to where I don't think it bothers me. You know, it, it's just something I don't even think about. But like, if it's a Thursday night, that's fine. But me and my dad, EJ, that's all I need in my life, right? Stepdad, EJ. This is true. Your stepdad, <laughs> EJ. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not looking for it for a different perspective necessarily on the Suns team. I enjoy watching our local broadcast because it gives more insight to what we're viewing. It's it's more of it's they see it through, like we see it. You know, I don't like sitting there listening to Mark Jackson try to come up with different things to talk about with the team Mm -hmm. or or about the team. And again, you know, I'll I'll shift this to that Brian Windhorst conversation. I didn't have an opportunity as it was you and Suns Geek on the podcast on Saturday night when Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer actually came in and talked for a duration of the second quarter. And that seems to be the new thing with Valley, the Rally Valley sports or whatever. They like to bring people in and talk during the game. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this is a good idea? Yeah, I enjoy it. The thing is, Tonight, when it's a heat, it's kind of like it kind of sucks because I kind of still like the play by play. I like the comments EJ has on certain plays. There's certain things that happen. It's like, oh, I want to know what EJ is going to say. I know it's yes. kind of like the young me, like wanting to hear what the other guy's saying, what the broadcaster's saying, but he's the one guy I love listening to. I don't care what anybody says. He's hilarious. He'll say the funniest things. And he, you miss out on that with him. But when it's Kevin O'Connor, roll down the red carpet, let that guy do whatever the hell he can him the whole game if he wants because I love that guy. I think he does a phenomenal job. He knows the Suns just like anybody else. Basketball is his job. He does a draft, everything. He is just remarkable. He's an encyclopedia of basketball. He'll just spurt it out like that. He's better than Bill Simmons. He will one day 
uh, dethrone Bill Simmons. But I mean, I'm going a little bit too far. But I think tonight with Windhorse, Windhorse to me, for some reason, he's always been the guy. He he great at his job, I guess. I mean, good for him. He's in there. He's yes. making the dough. But every time you watch him on the jump anywhere, he'll say things and like it'll be like, eh, what does that even mean? Never happens. He hits on probably zero percent of his predictions for anything that's going to happen in offseason moves and trades. I'm not knocking the guy. I'm just saying it's just like if you want a guy on there to give you some knowledge on the Suns and his real takes, have someone else besides Brian Windhorse. But it's kind of nice to have the national media pub. I just I've never been a big fan of his. So and I, I don't hate the guy. I'm just saying it's just I'm not the biggest fan. But. I get it, Matthew. I get it. You don't want to step on any toes relative to Brian Windhorse. You're like, I, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm not stepping on his toes. Well, that's what I just I'm don't like knocking because I just know. well I know you don't, and you're you're a saint and a good human being for that. I drink a lot and I'm and I have problems and I like to talk shit and unfortunately it's probably always not the best thing but I'm not a Brian Windhorse fan. So going back to the segment, I do kind of like the segment because I'm somebody who one hosts a podcast and two listens to a plethora of podcasts. So it is a good opportunity mid game to sit there and hear a different perspective on the game. So I do like that it brings that aspect to the broadcast. Now I am biased, obviously, because I'm not a Brian Windhorse fan. You know, you said it ever so politely that, you know, good for him. He's in the industry. He's doing his thing. But he is wrong on his predictions all the time. It's I mean, he's a guy who essentially was the local guy in Cleveland who rose to prominence and rode the coattails of LeBron James because he covered him from such an early age. And because of that, LeBron's kind of picked him out as one of his guys, and he's in the media. And, and you're right. He just he doesn't, necessar- doesn't necessarily bring much – to a broadcast and it, you know, it was almost like somebody right before they went on, they're like, uh, Brian, just so you know, um, this is the sun's best defense they've played in 20 years. He's like, okay, I'll mention that three times on this. And then when, uh, Monty Williams, or I'm sorry, uh, Eddie Johnson, your stepdad was talking about how, Hey, you know, what do you think about Monty <laughs> Williams as the, as the head, you know, the coach of the year? Like, look at the job he's doing. He, he brought up Quinn Snyder, like twice. It's like, yeah, you know, and Quinn Snyder too. And then like, and, and Tom Thibodeau, from the New York Knicks, it's like, well, okay, hold on. The, the Tom Thibodeau's in the conversation. If the Knicks simply simply make the playoffs, like that's some national media bullshit right there. And I just, you know, my takeaway from that whole conversation was like, oh, cool. So Brian Windhorst is not voting for Monty Williams for Coach of the Year. He's clearly leaning Quinn Snyder because he mentioned him twice. So does again, he know Monty's a coach of the Suns? He probably did, did doesn't he say that. Nobody, nobody said it into his ear right oh, okay. beforehand. Yeah, not so. to knock the guy. Just kidding. <laughs> not, not to knock the guy. Well, but then also he mentioned the fact that the the Suns are, you know, should the, the teams that they should look out for is like the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. And I don't know. Did you listen to the latest Zach Lowe podcast? I, I was a little bit in and I turned it off. Okay, so he mentioned the Suns because essentially what he did is he went through the entire Western Conference mm-hmm. and was talking about essentially the teams from about four to ten. And saying where everyone's slot, and he, I mean, he was on Portland's dick so much, mm-hmm. talking about how you know offensively and Dame time and all this stuff. And he kept mentioning Phoenix is like, yeah, no, they're like they're really good at defense, but like I just I really think that Portland could you know take them out, and and it may be true and it may not be true, but after hearing that and hearing Brian Windhorse on the Valley of the Rally Valley spot uh, uh, broadcast this evening mm-hmm. talk about how. Portland is so terrifying and that they play no defense. They're 29th in the league in defense. Why are the national media guys so up Portland's ass? 
Well, honestly, it's because they've been there before and they think they can turn it on. They think once they're healthy, they can turn it on and there'll be a problem in the playoffs, which is totally true. Because if you look at the who the Suns are going to play in the first round, I don't care who it is. It's going to be a difficult matchup. They might sweep them. They might beat them in five, but it doesn't matter. It's very, very difficult. But I kind of like the skepticism from a lot of these guys. Not a lot of them, but a few. You, you want a few of them. You don't want it to be so easy for the Suns where they're number one or number two in the power rankings. Everyone just loves them. You know, they're throwing flowers at them already. They're like making way for them in the playoffs to the Western Conference Finals. You don't want that. You want these guys to look at it and be like, you know what? These guys still don't believe in us. And that is something. It's something that's cheesy, but it's something that the players do think of. You know, Booker probably needs that. Chris Paul probably needs that. Aiden probably, you know, he doesn't care. He's just out there (laughs) to do what he does. But these guys need that. And I think it's going to help them in the long run. But it makes sense. I mean, this, this team... Besides Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, who are, of course, in the starting lineup, they haven't been to the playoffs, so they are younger. It's going to be their first time. How are they going to handle it? Monty Williams have not really any success in the playoffs, so it's going to be different for those guys going into the playoffs. So I like this, man. I think that they ultimately do need it, but I honestly just think that in the long run, you know, they're going to be eating their own words because they, they're they honestly the Suns. The way they played tonight just shows you. I mean, this Miami Heat team that comes in here and you are definitely kind of scared of them. Easy, easy. That is playoff basketball right there. So, I mean, I'm not worried at all, but I do like a little bit of the guys, you know, a little upset at us. Well, and I think, you know, it's a great point. That was my full circle comment to this is good. Go ahead. Doubt us. I like it. You know, coming into this season when all of a sudden a lot of us Suns fans and podcasters and writers for Brightside were sitting there trying to figure out where do we put this team in our preseason rankings? A lot of us had them right around fourth. And even when we were saying that we were like we were tempering our expectations because we're as Suns fans so used to losing. And so used to not meeting those expectations. So we we almost like to be doubted. Having those expectations is almost like, no, 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 no. Have no expectations mm-hmm. for us because if I have no high expectations, I can't truly get crushed. Now, obviously, as the season has gone on, the Phoenix Suns fans are developing high and high, higher and higher expectations because this team continues to perform in the manner that they do. And as you mentioned tonight, we played the Heat, the Eastern Conference champions of a year ago, a team that's been hot a team that's won nine out of its 11 games, is starting to find who they are. They're the fifth seed overall in the Eastern Conference. And although the Suns initially had some trouble in the first quarter, they end up wiping the floor with them. I mean, you look at that first quarter, and you see that Jimmy Buckets is on Booker to start the game. And every time Booker's getting the ball and CP3 is getting the ball, they're getting doubled. They're getting forced out of you know any try- kind of rhythm that they had. And I mean, it was just, it was a tough start for Booker tonight, man. One for five in the first quarter, three turnovers and two fouls. Yeah, it was pretty nasty, man. This is one where you just can't look at it. They're talking about Booker. He's going to get up some shots after the game. I'm like, I guess so. Why don't he just like go to bed or something, dude? Because this was just hit the showers. I actually wrote down on my notes at halftime. He should have took one of those like Russell Wilson showers at halftime. You know, when he's in the Super Bowl, he talked about, hey, uh, I take a shower. So then when I come back out, I feel more refreshed. Maybe Booker needed that. Something just to get that dirtiness off of him because it was really ugly. And sometimes we do talk about this on the pod. We're going into the playoffs. What's Booker going to do? How he's going to handle himself? You saw him and Chris Paul kind of going at it in the third quarter when Booker picked up his fourth foul. He had to go Mm -hmm. sit. It's just like, you know, is he going to get annoyed of Chris Paul during certain times? I I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much about it, of course. But it's just, you know, it's a next step for him to really just manage the first quarter. I mean, two in – 
what did he shoot over three and threes right away yes. trying to force it too much you know just find something else to work on you know any any game he comes out and shoots a three it's never really a good look right i mean when he gets to the rim and gets to the mid-range that's where he's just money i mean we talk about it all the time so that kind of look for him in mid-range is something that he really needs to focus on of course in the first quarter he's been so solid with it so the three-pointers it just I think it makes him more frustrated. Then he gets so into his head to where he needs to relax. And I wish that Chris Paul can give him some of that like mojo he has, the the stuff he has inside of him that just keeps him calm. Maybe it's weed, maybe it's you know, it, it it's probably inedible, but just give him something just to chill out a little bit, dude. Because he just he got too into his head the whole game, you know, and it's so awesome because he had the worst game probably of the, of his career or this year. It's one of the worst, but the rest of the team just picked him up. The rest of the team had his back, and that's something that we don't need to focus on too much of Devin Booker having a bad game because you know in the playoffs he's going to have one or two really bad games, but we have the rest of the team that are going to back him up, and I think he's I think he's proud of that after this game. I, I really do. Well, hopefully he doesn't have a game as bad as this in the playoffs because if they do, it's probably going to be a loss yeah. is my guesstimation. And I think what you're referencing is uh, Chris's special juice, that stuff that he drinks yes. on the sideline. <laughs> That's what, why did I not like, think of that? Yeah, you're thinking Such of like edibles. Like, geez, man. Um, I don't know but, what I'm talking about. But I mean, uh, but again, you know, looking at how Devin Booker played tonight, and and you're right, he can sometimes get in his own head. He wanted to be aggressive, but I really think that the Miami Heat did a good job of forcing him to the three point line. They weren't letting yeah. him penetrate. They weren't allowing him to get on the elbow, do what he does, cook the way that he normally cooks. So in response to that, he's like, well, I'm just going to start jacking up threes. He ends the night four for 16 shooting one for eight from downtown, a total of 12 points for Devin Booker this evening. Um, you know, you look at that compared to how he's played this entire season, mm-hmm. his, his season low entering this game. If my computer would load, I would tell you, Oh, do uh, too much. I know. All of a sudden, everything Windows just shuts, over shuts there? What down. Is uh, <laughs> he had eight points in a game where he played 25 minutes uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans. That was the 25-point blowout at the beginning of the season. And he had a 12-point game against Memphis on Martin Luther King Day. So this was another 12-point game, another uh, frustrating performance by D- uh, uh Devin Booker when when he, he gets frustrated when the defense throws at him what mm-hmm. they do and and you know teams are going to watch what happened tonight mm-hmm. and they're going to sit there and they're going to go you know what this is the the plan to attack him but again you look at this team holistically and you see that because of the sum of the parts it is a true definition of team and that's what ultimately makes this team pull away from the heat and, and do what they do and cook the way that they cook so uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this one real quick. I don't do know it. if you've ever, ever heard of this segment. Watch 2021. A quick shout out to the chat. Yes. Uh, $5 from Rafael Castro. He says, DA finally coming to his own. Can't even imagine what our ceiling is once he puts it all together. And I think that is a fantastic way to start off eight and watch. Uh, thank you, Raphael. That's $5 we can put towards Matthew's beer money so we can get him some real beer instead of those girly little vodka crayons that he's drinking. <laughs> um, but I, th- but I think that, you know, DA is, can he continues. Laugh <laughs> yeah. I, I figured out you're such a Miranda, <laughs> such a Miranda. I am man. Yeah. We need to get you I'm some cosmopolitan. Just get you some cosmopolitan to just, you know, mm-hmm. call it a, <laughs> call, it a, call it a career, man. But, I okay. mean, you, you look at DA and in his past, like, what, 
how many games? Uh, let's just pick these last 13 games. 17 points, mm-hmm. 10 rebounds. He ends tonight with what uh, 19 points, uh, 13 rebounds. I mean, he is continuing to thoroughly and utterly take over games defensively, and it's leading to offense. And it's just so much fun to watch him develop as a player. I mean, we come on here every night. We've been doing eight and watch 2021 this entire season because as the season began through the first 20 games, everybody was like, the guy's not getting it. Oh, no, this is it. You know, like the the Suns are only as successful as he's going to be. It's like, dude, dude, give him time. And now look at him. I mean, we're all like proud papas. Yeah, I mean, that's so true, though. We're waiting for him. We're going to be as successful as he is on the court, and it's totally true because in these games, that is why there was such a difference in points going into the fourth quarter between the Miami Heat and the Suns because of Aiden's play. It's just he, as soon as you saw him out on the court, I mean, his first block of the game, get that stuff out of here. Like, that is just, that's the stuff you want to start the game with. But he ultimately, except for that alley-oop pass towards the end of the game where he missed that one. It's going to be so beautiful, too. I know. I, oh. That would have been a beautiful poster. But he honestly, he didn't miss a lot this game. His handles were really good underneath the, underneath the basket. Some bad passes to him to where he put the one between his legs, gathered it, and put it back in. That was like, huge. Things like that. His concentration everything like we talked about it before and i always say we talked about it before and we talked about this before me saying that that he is honestly he's just (laughs) building his game like he he's just so you know what you're gonna get now within the last few weeks you know what you're gonna get from him all right if he's really trying if if they're playing a a mediocre team or a lesser team he's gonna be the game's gonna come to him but now in these games like dave king always said he does get up for him and he really really does dude he is just you can't give him the ball enough in these games. Like there are some times where he is so open and the mismatches were there tonight. I'm like, give him the freaking ball. Oh, I dude. know. There's so many times. And I just I I want him I want him to have like the career year night tonight because it was ultimately going that way. He played phenomenal, dude. I can't say one bad thing about him, except for he he stole a uh, Tory Craig's uh bucket late in the game but they can give him the assist then like the yeah. next play so it's like oh, how much better can you get but a uh really team guy dude a plus tonight from him like seriously like he well, was just uh, great and i know you're putting together an eight and watch article for bright side of the sun and it sounds like you're going to give him an a plus on his effort everything tonight. And- i just said it was in it, so don't even read it. <laughs> you don't have to read it tomorrow you heard it here first on the sun's jam session podcast but I mean, I actually wrote that in my notes too. I said, I've asked this question numerous times, which sounds like what you just said. Um, I'm like, but how many times have we seen him open on rolls or fast breaks and the Suns just pass away from him? I mean, DeAndre Ayton could be even more effective because some of those empty possessions that the Suns have are a result of them choosing a bad shot when they had DA open for a high percentage shot and they mm-hmm. chose not to go that way. I mean, if you go back and you just watch the film on this game, you'll see about four or five extra times where it's like, Chris Paul campaign had him open like three or four times too, as well as Dario Saric. And I, it's just, there's so much opportunity for him to grow still. And that's the fun part As people are saying in the chat, you know, he's 22 years old. He has only played a finite amount of games at this point. He is now through 163 career games. So he's mm-hmm. just at the, essentially the end of his second season uh, relative to total number of games played. And he is continuing to grow. It's clicking for him. He's in the perfect environment for him to grow. He's a guy who came in as the number one pick who you couldn't put and, and give the keys to the franchise and be like, guess what, big man? You are now Joel Embiid. You will drive, you, we will go as you go relative to victories. He's in a perfect environment for him to mature, to grow, and he's having fun while he's doing it. And now he's learning how to be a hard ass because you have CP3 sitting there talking shit to Goran Dragic. 
which I absolutely yeah, love that. that. Last that night awesome. he's talking shit to whoever the hell we played last night. I mean, he's always mm-hmm. talking shit to someone. And that kind of attitude rubs off on DeAndre Ayton too. He's like, hey man, you are a defensive, you are a defensive center. I'm a defensive guard. We are enforcers. We talk shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then you you say all that. It's great. And then you see a cut scene to DeAndre Ayton sitting on the bench reading Mikhail Bridges' name on his seat. Basically, I think he's telling him, like, hey, you're Mikhail Bridges. Go out there. Because Mikhail offensively, I mean, not the greatest game, really. But who cares? You know, like, he's going to have those games. But you can see him and how childish he is, how funny he is. It's like, you're Mikhail Bridges. It's just like the weirdest cut. I was like, what is he doing, dude? And it's just, it brings laughter, especially when the Suns are, are winning. Of course, you're going to you're gonna feel happy about it. But um, just an amazing man right now, dude. Like, number one, he should be the next Bachelor on the next yes, show that I never yes. watch, he has I, to be. I, I want to see Even him. He has a kid, and I think he's married. <laughs> I want to see him hand out roses to yes. random people uh, on weird dates. I, I just I want to see DeAndre in it because he, he'd probably be really fun to watch. In but that. he needs to just date like six foot ten women, just yes. Amazons. Just that's yes. it. I'd prefer that over like four foot nine people because it'd just be it'd be really weird to just kind of see that. So uh, you you mentioned Mikael Bridges, and I wanted to bring yeah. him up a little bit. You know, they, Eddie mentioned it a little bit on the on the broadcast about how when you play as much defense as he does, and, and the intense level of defense that he does play, how he does struggle sometimes offensively. And you know, tonight zero points, zero for three shooting, debt one rebound definitely wasn't engaged in in nearly any capacity and you look at last night against the Houston Rockets he had 6 points he shot the ball 2 for 7 you know and and so we're kind of in this little Mikhail lull if you will do you think it's because he's exerting exerting himself defensively because i feel like he wasn't too much of a, a presence on defense in this game yeah i mean Mikhail recently you can't really tell on defense whether or not he's making an impact i mean he's doing his best really especially against jimmy butler switches and all that it is a lot so i think when he gets the offensive end he's like in the whirlwind he's just like oh where the hell am i at oh i have the ball okay i'll shoot it but then bridges law which uh, sam cooper talks about he only shot two three so i think they're undefeated when he shoots three and under right from three point lines something like that Bridges Law is if the if Mikael Bridges takes his first three pointer and hits it, the Suns have an insane oh, okay. well, like uh, winning percentage. There. There's, there's a new, there's one there's out there a new law every day. Like yeah. the Suns Jam Session podcast, we came up with the the Crowder Constitution, mm-hmm. and the Crowder Constitution is if James Crowder, James Jay Crowder shoots <laughs> between eight and thirteen shots, the Suns are twenty one and five. So okay. tonight he shot a total of six shots and we still won. So it's all just weird statistical coincidences and funny things to point to because none of it ever makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't. But honestly, I'm not too worried, dude, because like our bench, you know, these guys that are in the starting lineup between Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder and even DeAndre Ayton, one of those guys always shows up. So I'm not mm-hmm. too worried. And then when Booker has an off night, you have Ayton showing up. You have uh, Crowder an okay game, but a lot of help from that bench, dude. Well, and that was truly the key to uh, the Suns' success tonight was the fact that their bench showed up and showed out. When you have Jay Crowder scoring five points, when CP3 has five points, when your whole when your when your entire t- starting five scores you a total of forty one points, and you get sixty five points from your bench, I mean. And I hope my math's correct on that. I don't. I I think yeah, it is. Perfect. It, it, you know, but but I mean that's just unreal. And again, the key to success for the Suns is they can beat you in so many ways. I mean, just think about these past two nights. 
Last night we played the Rockets. We set a franchise record for total number of three-pointers made. We're setting NBA records for number of threes made in a quarter. We've tied an NBA record for number of threes made in a half. And then the next night when you're playing another athletic team, the Suns go about and beat you in a completely different way. You have Devin Booker is just taken out of the game because he doesn't have the ability to stay out of foul trouble. He's not shooting the ball well at the same time. And the bench comes in and absolutely slaughters you. I mean, so the, the versatility of this of this team is fantastic. You know, I think uh, there's one quote, and I heard it recently, and I, I, I'm sorry because I can't credit who said it, but essentially it was along the lines. It's like when you get to the playoffs, you got to find a way, a way to win, uh, one way to win and go, just go that way. The Suns can beat you in like 20 different ways, and that's why they're 39 and 15 because we're not the same team. We're not the seven seconds or less team that's like we're just going to beat you by outscoring you. Now, granted, within the confines of that theory, they would beat you with three-point shooting. They would beat you by getting to the line. They would beat you with the pick and roll. So it was the way that they could beat you offensively that was really uh, a challenge for teams. And, and that was kind of the multiple ways, if you will, that the Phoenix Suns could beat you. But then you look at this team and the way that they can beat you. They can beat you offensively like last night where it's like, listen, we're just going to blow you the hell out of the arena. I mean, st- straight up. And then you have nights like tonight where, again, you're playing a team that's hot. That's won nine out of the, ele- the, the last 11 games. And they hold them to 86 points. That is tied for the, the fewest amount of points the Suns have given up this season. Again, referencing that New Orleans Pelicans game when the when the Suns beat them by 25. So Devin Booker doesn't score any, like only scored eight points against the Pelicans back in December. The Suns hold them to 86 points. He only scores 12 points tonight. They hold him to 86 points. So again, Devin Booker in foul trouble. Devin Booker not on the court. The defense can come in and play solid defense, man. The, mm-hmm. the bench was just fantastic tonight. Yeah, I mean, they didn't stop either. Even in the fourth quarter when the bench comes in to close them out, you got Sticks in there. They're still playing hard, dude. Another block shot by... <laughs> How about that tech by Sticks? I know, dude. I didn't even understand what was going on. Well, he walked on the court <laughs> and they're, they're, they're like, tee this up. This, this guy shouldn't be out here. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been it, but it, it's just nice to see them playing defense like that. And I love watching. One thing I noticed in this game, you had Cam Johnson, who literally from his step back three that went in and out, that move he made, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm like, this guy, even it was a miss. It was his first play. I'm like, this guy is ready to play tonight. He looks so different out there. Like he was very, very comfortable with what he wanted to do out there. I mean, he had a few giveaways, which is fine, but I mean, it's going to happen with him. I think he had what, four turnovers, but that's just him yes. trying. I love it when I try to do this, talk someone up and I look at their sense like, Oh, whoops, four <laughs> turnovers. No, but he actually played fantastic. And I loved him in between the first and second quarter. So like, I think you need that guy to help you when, when Booker's out, when Chris Paul's out and Aiden's out, you know, they're between quarters. It's like that guy that's like the clue between that will keep the offense going. He was that between the first and second quarter. Torrey Craig was that guy between the second and third quarter. He had it going on offense. Defense, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he have? Did he just have the one steal? But he looked like he caused a lot of confusion on he the Miami. He was batting balls. He was knocking he, balls out of bounds and ended up staying with the Miami Heat. But yeah, he was very active and only with one his hand. Steal. Yeah, and only one steal, but he was just all over the place. So you had those two guys that really helped out off the bench while guys were getting rest to keep the offense going. That was them tonight. But Cam Johnson, this is the best game I've seen him play ever. My whole life, this is the best game that Cam Johnson has ever played. He was well, outstanding, dude. I don't care about the four turnovers. He was trying, hustling, being a big dude tonight, too, under the basket. So I love to see that. Yeah, I, I do, too. And Cam Johnson, again, you know, is going to be so vital 
to the Suns' success come playoff time. I truly believe that Cam Johnson and Torrey Craig are going to play massive roles for this team when we hit the postseason. You look at Cam Johnson, and you know he was out for the six or seven games with COVID, and he came back, and he was really having a hard time getting his feet under him. And you know we didn't really we we knew it probably was COVID related. He you know getting back, but his yeah. shot was off. And then he had a game against the Charlotte Hornets. And on the 28th of March, and he went 0 for 6 from the field and 0 for 6 from downtown. And I remember we did the podcast where, like, dude, like, Cam, like, maybe, you know, take a couple games off. Like, I don't know, just get right. Since that point, not including tonight, where tonight his statistics, he ended going, uh, let's see here, 6 for 11 from the field, 15 points, led the bench in scoring, 3 for 8 from downtown. Since that game, he is shooting 51% from deep on uh, 4.9 attempts per game. I mean, he's his shot is so incredibly smooth. It was so It's so beautiful to see. And you know, again, we're going to have to rely on that going into the playoffs. And, you know, a couple questions I had for you is, who do you have more confidence when they shoot the three right now? Cam or Jay Crowder? Oh, it's, it's even. Okay. Right, right now, if you're talking about before this game, I would say Cam Johnson. Just kidding. Jay Crowder. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like where Jay Crowder went eight for 12 last night. Three. Yeah, like a monster game last night. I was, I was totally joking on that. But honestly, dude, it, it's a tie. It's a lot All of right, these guys about, off the bench. It's the what about way. Cam or C4? Campaign? Yeah. No, no, no. C4. Javon Carter. C4? Javon Carter? Yeah. yeah. Dude, Javon Carter. Like, they just need I, that I'm confidence. Go, I'm going. Well, I'm asking, who, who do you have more confidence in shooting the three ball right now? All three of them. Sorry, okay. I can't answer that. Cam, no who do you choose? Cam, Cam or Galloway? Uh, which campaign? Or no, okay, we're talking Cam, Cam Johnson, Johnson here. Well, someone keeps writing campaign up there, so I was like thinking campaign the whole time. Well, we're talking uh, about campaign in two minutes. No, right now it's Jay Crowder first, Javon Carter second, then Cameron Johnson. Wow. See, I have yeah. When, when they shoot the ball, Cam, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Javon Carter. I have the least amount of confidence. Now, granted, over the past two or three games, they're starting to go in for him, and that's going to develop my confidence. Yeah. But just the way he shoots, like from a form standpoint, Jay, it's like 50-50 for me because it's like some nights he's hot. If he hits his first couple, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a fun Jay night. If he misses some, he takes those fallaways. Like I'm not always uh, confident in those. But Cameron Johnson, every time he squares up, it just I, I have so much confidence in the fact that it's going to go in. And very rarely is it a bad shot. If it, he does the the rim outs and things like that, but I mean, you know, Cam Johnson again, vital to our success, and not even the best bench player I feel tonight. You know, again, led the the, the bench in scoring, played a lot of valuable minutes. Seen as Devin Booker was uh, was out with foul trouble, he ended up playing thirty minutes. But as Jay Nunez said, and, and again, shout out to Jay for uh, $5 towards yeah, Matthew's, you, dr- Matthew's drinking money. He says, Cam Payne is the most wholesome player on the Suns. And Cam Payne had a fantastic performance again tonight. Again, you know, spelling Devin Booker being out. He ended up going for a total of 14 points, seven assists, four for eight from the field. That one very impressive steal after a missed shot uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, the Dragic fumbled the ball. There's campaign to get it and, and created another possession. You know, and, and you look at his story and, and you look at everything that is and campaign, and you just are continually impressed by the personality that that he is, his ability to score, and his ability to set up his teammates. 
Yeah, and he's one of those guys where we come on the pod and people might want not want him to start or not start, but be the backup guy. And then you just have games like this where he is just more consistent than a lot of these guys off the bench because he has to be. He has no other choice but to go out there and perform every night. And that's exactly what he did tonight. But I just I love him getting to the paint though, dude. I, I think he is just he's phenomenal around the rim. You saw those shots. I mean, he hasn't done it in a while to where he's throwing these little um floaters over guys off the glass in perfectly, nothing but net after it hits the glass. Like it's just so beautiful, dude. It's like an art to him. And I think that the more he does that and getting players involved, I know I came on this podcast. I'm like, I just like campaign shooting the ball. I just like him focusing on scoring because that's what this bench needs. I feel like at certain times, but tonight it wasn't even that like the, everyone helped him out by moving, moving the ball, staying in lanes where he can actually see them and give them the ball for great shots. And they just, they came through tonight. And a lot of that with assist, of course, is that is if the guy is going to put up the great shot, not be hesitant. And that's the sun's last two games. They're not hesitant at shooting the three now. They're just not. I mean, I know they've had games where they've been like 10 for 40 or 10 for 50, but tonight it was just, it's different. They're getting themselves really good looks and that really helped help campaign out a lot. Well, and it was one of those games where the bench knew it's like, oh, this is our night. You know, the, the offense was carried yeah. primarily by the starters last night with their insane three-point shooting. They're a little tired. They're getting in foul trouble. You know what? Campaigns, like, come on, guys, get behind me. We're going to have a fun time tonight. And we're going to go and, and you know, as, as Blackout Sun says in the chat, you know, pain with the Jimmy Butler seal out tonight. You can enter like 40 different NBA players who are three times the size of campaign into that sentence. He's sealed out Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, last mm-hmm. night he had Christian Wood pinned down because that's what a lot of teams try to do. The Suns bring out their bench players before the opposition does. Typically, a lot of coaches will do it about eight minutes into a quarter. And the Suns and Monty Williams typically will do it about six or seven minutes. So there's always kind of that overlap where the Suns have uh, their bench players going against the starters or the majority of the starters from the other team. And whenever that happens, they start doing the high pick and rolls and switch, try to switch campaign onto whoever that center is or a big forward. And campaign is just a pesky little son of a bitch. And he'll get in your shorts and he'll make it difficult for you to try to do anything inside the post. And, you know, his effort is, is something that I continue to be uh, pleased by and, and know that he's going to be somebody who, again, the Suns are going to need to be, effective come playoff time and as i mentioned a little bit earlier tory craig another guy who had a fantastic night today we or we we talked about it a little bit you know but he had 14 points five for six shooting two for three from downtown six rebounds an assist and a steal i just i love tory craig the fact that we got him for cash considerations still befuddles me and and one of these things finally went our way where we picked somebody up and he's somebody with his ability and his size uh, I called it tonight on Twitter that, you know, the heat have been infected by the Craig plague. I mean, I'm clearly I reaching. I that. It's pretty good. Thank you. It's not good I at like all. It. But it, Very evil. You. I love yes, it. It is. The sun scene needs some evil, right? Yeah. So <laughs> what do you think about Tori tonight, brother? Oh, well, I talked about how he was actually the guy that merged between the third and fourth quarter. He really was. And I think that's what Monty's really looking for from him in late game situations because he his IQ seems higher, more high than a lot of these guys on the bench. I know he doesn't do much offensively, but he knows how to make the correct plays. He did shoot some threes that were like not out of his range, but just not really his game to where the guy was coming, had a hand in his face, but he still threw him up there. But he was feeling it tonight, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like He usually works himself into that. And it's, it's great to see because, like you said, we got him for basically nothing, but he wanted to be here. He likes the culture. He thinks that he has a chance to be here probably long-term. Who knows? Because he honestly, 
he's a godsend. If it wasn't for Craig, like I don't know what we would have. And you can say that for a lot of these guys on the bench. It's like if we didn't have this guy, what would we be doing? But he has definitely fallen into that category. It's like I just don't know what the Suns team and this bench would be doing. I know Saric was doing really good till he came along, so maybe that had something effect on that. But uh, he's just definitely putting it up, dude. He's he's living up to the offer we gave him, which is nothing, and he's just he's making it worthwhile because he knows the Suns team as an opportunity to do something do something really big in the playoffs. Unlike the Milwaukee Bucks, who are probably going to lose in the second round. <laughs> and speaking of bench players that we love. The Sarich Smoke Break. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to take a little smoke break and talk about Dario Sarich. One thing that I noticed instantly. So Dario Sarich yeah. subbed into the game, right? And did you see the first shot of Dario? Can I? Yeah, I just remind me. So essentially, they they went to zoom in on Dario. And right when they did, he was leaning over and all you got was his butt. So there was a, a big yeah. widescreen view of Dario Sarch's cigarette butt right in the camera. Yeah, he stands up and then they're like it, you know, they kind of pan out and there's Dario, you know, Sarch 20. But I was just like, oh, how great is this? He enters the game that all they have is a big picture of his ass. And, you know, he he was he was looking good tonight, man. You know, open yeah. on the rolls. Not as I mentioned a little bit earlier, campaign wasn't hitting him on the pick and rolls. And he, I feel like he could have been a little bit more effective if he had the opportunity to maybe get the ball. I mean, who knows if he would have flushed it down. And then he had that great Dario Nowitzki turnaround jumper yes. at the buzzer. I mean, as the shot clock expired. I mean, so what what do you think of Dario tonight? Oh, dude, he was I can never do this segment without laughing. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> Because I love talking about Dario, dude, and I—it's uh, my favorite thing to do every day. You know, if I had someone to talk to at the end of the night, I would talk to them about Dario Saric and his big butt. But he—he uh, <laughs> he honestly, he was just efficient tonight. I think the one thing we really focused on in previous podcasts, like, hey, just if it's not there, it passed out. But there was one play where he actually had a nice little eight-footer shot. Little he—he he, he has a floater down where he can throw it up there with a bam coming over, and he yeah. just—he passed out of it, and it was like a. It's a three-point play on the other side. So that was the only play. Like I was like, come on, Dario, you, you're better than that. He usually throws up shots around the rim with guys, more guys around him. So I'm really, I was really surprised about that. But the play of the game for him is him just on his back out of bounds, fighting yeah. for the ball. And then Trogas just trills him with the ball. Damn. It's like, God, that would never happen to anybody else but Sarge. Poor Sarge. I just was like, poor guy. Like, throw Trogas out. That's a technical, right? Like, <laughs> I was just laughing, dude. I'm like, he doesn't deserve that, but he had a hell of a game tonight. That's what we want, dude. The 13 points, but like the 15 points, you know, in that range. And efficient shooting. And four just, for five shooting. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's the Dario we know, man. Not... Because right now he doesn't need to be the way he was before. Because we have so much, so many players. And if Cam Johnson continues with that energy he played with tonight, he's going to help us out a lot and help Dario out a lot too. Well, exactly. It takes defenses away from trying to buckle down on Dario. It takes uh, offenses trying to attack Dario. We can switch out of it and we can ultimately push them into the matchups that we want. Uh, but again, yeah, Dario be getting touchdown spiked on by. Uh, Goran Drag- Dragic was probably the funniest part of his night. Poor Dario. Uh, but it was, again, another solid, you know, it's it's always a work in progress. Uh, yeah. But I think he, both he and DeAndre Ayton really played well against Bam and Abayo. I mean, this is the guy who everybody's talking about coming to the games. It's, excuse me. It's going to be DeAndre Ayton. It's going to be Bam Adebayo. And uh, Adebayo ends four for six from the field with 10 rebounds, but he only has 11 points. He wasn't really effective because, Dario was pushing him around and DeAndre Ayton was making him run and, and pushing him off of his spot. So if you can 
do those kind of things, if you can make their bigs uncomfortable, that's what's going to be successful for this team come playoff time. Cause we're going to go have to get, we're going to have to go against teams that have bigs. And if yeah. you know it, the thing about this team, and I, I forget where I, I think I heard this stat from, I was listening to the solar panel today, Dave and Saul and Espo did a, a midweek midi, their midi podcast. Was that, today? Were, that was today. Oh, that and, was tomorrow. And they were talking about how the Suns are 29th in the league in isolation defense. So you get us on an island, we're not that good, but what makes the Suns so good and ultimately fifth in the league in in defensive rating and fifth in overall points given up is team defense. That's where we're successful, the ability to switch, the ability to address the fourth and fifth switch on a rotation, and the, the ability to rotate. And Dario Sarch is a vital part of that for the second team offense because he is he's just he's intellectually a very smart player. He just athletically it looks like a guy who sits and smokes uh, a pack of camels yeah. outside of a circle K. So yeah. you know, again, shout out to Dario for another uh, we'll call it acceptable performance. You okay. know, 13 points, and that was brought to you by Cartizement. Cartizement. If you want things on your car, Cartizement. You want stickers, <laughs> you want stickers on your car? Check it out. It's Cartizement. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, this is your reminder halfway through the podcast or three-fourths of the way through the podcast to one, subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. And if you're watching along live on our YouTube feed, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button. I think we're close to 54. Let's push this thing all the way up to 100. Why not? We like 100. It's a nice round number. Uh, and if, again, you're watching along live with us, let us know who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, this is a tough one. This really is. This was the, I mean, the easy answer here, in my opinion, is the jam star of the game is the Suns bench. But is okay. it? Well, mine is going to be, uh, I'm going to struggle with this one, man. I'm going to give it to Cam Johnson. I like it. I mean, he scored yeah, the most just, points, right? To, man. Yeah, but DeAndre, an A-plus game. I mean, Aiden even welcomed Ariza under the rim. He's like, come on, come in here. Let's see what you, let's see what you got. The little reverse Ariza? Nope. But get that shit out of here. Yeah. But Cam Johnson, I just, I think, like I said, this is in my whole life, this is the best game I've seen Cameron Johnson play. So I'm just like, this has to be his first jam start for me. I just, I think it's well deserved, man. It, it was a different Cam Johnson out there, man. Okay. I'll allow it. Well, I'll go the other okay. way. I'll go with the other Cam. I will say okay. campaign in this game. And I, I really think that his effect on this game, I mean, he had seven assists, he had 14 points. He was pesky on defense. He was creating, you know, he had six rebounds in this game. I mean, he was kind of the do-it-all guy who paid, played 22 minutes, and they were unbelievably effective minutes for him tonight. I think, again, with Devin Booker getting in foul trouble early and staying in foul trouble throughout the duration of the game really opened a door for both Cam Johnson, both the Cams, Cam Johnson and Campaign. It, it opened the door to allow them an opportunity to try to have an effect on this game. That's when the cams look at each other. They're like, okay, it's, it's go time, you know, cause Booker got his fourth foul with eight minutes and 15 seconds left in the third mm -hmm. quarter. didn't come back till seven minutes and 27 seconds left in the fourth quarter. 
And at that time, he had 12 points, and he ended with 12 points. So he was a moot point in this game, yet we still blow out the Heat, a quality opponent, by 20 points. It is because of Cam Johnson, your jam star of the game, and it is because of campaign, my jam star of the game. Uh, and again, an honorable mention to Tory Craig and, and DeAndre Ayton. Both mm-hmm. were uh, just fantastic tonight and uh you know just quality quality game for the suns you know we'll, we'll tie a bow on this one as we look forward to thursday's game but i think the best way to talk about this one is quality because again it, initially it didn't feel like it was going to be a quality game the suns were down they, they gave up 34 first quarter points you know think about that this team gave up 86 total points they gave up 34 of those in the in the first quarter. They gave up 52 the rest of the game, man. I mean, what a great game ah, by that. That's awesome. That is just it's a blessing to have this kind of game. You just you have to have these, dude. And the first quarter, the second quarter, third quarter doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Fourth quarter matters. Last 5 minutes matters. So, I mean, you can say they they bounced back and they they really did. Their defense picked up another notch in the second quarter and led all the way to the fourth quarter. So that was a difference, man. When they're really into it, like when the Suns used to be on the other end, be like, oh, we're up in the first quarter. This is awesome. And then the other team just plays some defense and it's over. That's the Suns now. That's what we can count on. So it is, it's uh, bringing me to tears. I love well, it. Well, don't cry into your uh, cranberry vodka there. All right, Miranda. <laughs> yeah. Don't do, don't do that. That'd all be right. embarrassing. For I hate how you pick all. Miranda. She's like the worst one, dude. <laughs> It makes me so mad. <laughs> well, it's because you're drinking cranberry vodka. Yeah, with they your, all drink. With they your all drink absolute. Whatever. They drink Cosmos. Yeah. Guess what? All right, the guess what segment. This is painful. Oh, this is painful. Yeah. We, everyone look at John in the eyes. Every, everyone look, right at me, in the look, eyes. look at me right in the eyes. Remember that last night we asked this question, who was going to win this game, the Suns or the yeah. Heat? Now know that I was three games behind Matthew, and I'm just trying to make up games. So I figured second night of back-to-back, another athletic team. We had just watched mm-hmm. the Rockets come back and play well against the Suns, and that was an athletic team. So I picked the Heat. Matthew picked the Suns. The Jamsters told me no. They said don't do it. They were and too we, late, though. They were we too late. We got to blame them. They were too late. We said whoever <laughs> says the next thing, they, 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 they faltered me. They failed me. But you know what? I failed them. That's what's important. You did. And we put a poll out today. And said, "Who's who's going to be right, Matthew or John?" We had 100 votes. 84 percent of the people agreed with you. 16 with me. 16 percent of us were wrong, and therefore our record on the season. Guess what? I'm now down four games to Matthew. 24 and 14 <laughs> on the season. He's 28 and 10. This is over. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know why I play the game anymore, but we'll do it anyways. But uh, yeah, hole. I got like my foot like on your finger, like your last finger, dude. While you're falling off a bridge. Yeah, well, if this was the Lion King, I'm Scar hanging off of, or or you're Scar and I'm Mufasa and you're getting ready to throw me into the wildebeest. Mm -hmm. He's my favorite Disney princess too, Scar. He is awesome. He's he's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, who who does his voice? It's the guy from uh, Hard with a Vengeance, that guy. Yeah. So, uh, the Boogie Trend says it correctly in the chat. You're never catching Matthew. And I know. And B Wook says, Jazz versus Suns, Jazz John versus Matt. That's exactly what it is. I'm the, that's the biggest Jeremy, I've ever seen yes, my life. That's right. Get nibble in the chat. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> he's the, the voice of Scar. So uh, but now we look towards the next game. That is the Sacramento Kings on Thursday. This is a team that the uh, the Suns played very, very early on in the season. It was game number two and game number three of the season. We lost the first one 106 to 103, came back and won 116 to 100. That is the last time that we played this team. Mm-hmm. Matthew, what are you looking at when you look at the the Sacramento Queens? 
It is tough to really know what to look at, man. I mean, they're a team where they won five in a row, lost seven in a row now. So it's just like they play again tomorrow night before the Suns, before they mm-hmm. take on the Suns. So it'll be back to back. But I just, I don't know, man. I mean, Bagley's out probably the whole year. Halliburton's really, I'm, I'm interested to watch him. I know there's a lot of, now he's starting. I think the last like 15 games he's been a starter. So his, his numbers have kind of been the same. So it's going to be interesting to watch him to see if he's going to show up to the Suns or not be like, hey, you guys passed on me, man. This is what you get. That's what he's going to do to every team. That's what NBA players yeah. do. We, pa- we passed on him on our way to the playoffs. Exactly. But I'm just, in his head, I don't even care. I'm just saying in his head, I'm excited to watch him because I haven't really got to watch him that much this year. But it'll be interesting to see him versus Suns. I mean, who's going to stop Aiden? Is Aiden going to get up for this game? Are the Suns going to get up for this game? Probably not. So I'm just going to say it's probably going to be just like one of those games, like the Rockets game, which is like, eh, whatever. The final note of the game, just eh, whatever, get the game over with. Because realistically, that's just the way it is. So that's what's going to happen this game. It's just going to be like a whatever game. Yeah, the Kings are a team that when you look at their roster, they're full of players that I enjoy watching. I enjoy De'Aaron Fox. Buddy Hield isn't the most efficient guy, but I do like him. Uh, Tyrus Halliburton, obviously, will be the centerpiece of this matchup relative mm-hmm. to Suns fans and what they're going to be talking about during the game, before the game, and after the game because he's the one who got away. You know, he is this year's Luka Doncic or whatever, you know, every time we don't draft the best guy in the draft or we had an opportunity to, we sit and we mull over it. But now that we're a winning team, I don't care anymore. Uh, they have Rashawn Holmes, who's somebody who I really enjoy watching play. They have Marvin Bagley, who I just feel like the poor guy just can't get it together. Uh, and I just, I think that this is a team that on paper, it always looks like it'll make sense. And then they get on the court and they're a team that just doesn't perform. They're currently exactly. ninth in the league in points, but 29th in opponent uh, overall points uh, given up per game. And they're last in the league in defensive rating. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why. You know, the, an offensive rating of 12th, a defensive rating of 30th. So it's a team that the Suns will have the ability to score on. Um, we're not worried about that. Again, as, as you mentioned, it's going to be one of those games at the end of it, we're going to be like, oh, shit, that was probably a little too close to for comfort. But... We won, you know, in theory, we won. So I think that, you know, as, as we look to that game, is there any matchup that you're looking at specifically? Do you think Mikael Bridges is going to be taking on Darren Fox, or what are you thinking? No, that's interesting. I think he would because he's the best player offensively. He is someone that's going to be a future all-star. So I, I'm interested to watch that. I'm glad you pointed that out because I was going to say maybe just Aiden versus whatever, but I just said, like, it's a whatever game. So you're not going to get too much probably from him. But the interesting thing is I think it's Halliburton if he started him and Booker. Maybe you end up putting Mikel on Halliburton. Who knows? But I think Mikel, like always, like every night, is going to have his hands full. Even though it's a loser Kings team, it's still going to be a hands full. And I, I, I have to write this game, so I have to be careful because I always write the games <laughs> against these lazy, crappy teams and we end up losing. So I'm not going to say anything. Just say, hey, like just put a decent game together, sons. That's it. It's nice. I'm on a break from writing the recaps and the reviews and the previews and all that stuff right now. I think my next one's in a couple weeks. And I'm like, I did that right. I got a, I got the majority of mine done in the second half, like right off the bat. So how, how ideal would it be to have Rashawn Holmes on the Suns? Oh, it'd be beautiful, right? Like he, awesome. essentially he would take the Dario minutes. Would you prefer Dario Sarge mm. or Rashawn Holmes? Dario. I think, well, Bershawn Holmes, I think he's just so good for five minutes and then just, it's okay. Like, he'll start off a game great and just, like, kind of fade away. That's the way he is. I think Saric, you'll get him on the floor at least five or six times in the game with the ball thrown at his head. So I think that's more interesting to watch than Rashawn Holmes' five great minutes. But no, seriously, I think 
all around, Sarich is a better player than Rashawn, so I'll take Sarich. What about you? Well, I like Rashawn. I mean, you look at him this year. He is starting. He started every game that he's played for the Sacramento Kings. He's averaging 14.1 points per game, 8.9 rebounds per game, uh, 1.7 assists, and 1.6 blocks as well. I mean, he was always that high-energy guy who came in off the bench and provided that spark that the Suns need. And it would be great if he was in Phoenix in that role. I think that he he went to Sacramento because he wanted an opportunity to grow his career. The The Suns had just drafted DeAndre Ayton, so he didn't want to hang around for another season under DeAndre Ayton, knowing he wasn't going to get that opportunity. So he took pretty much the same amount of money that we offered him. If I remember correctly, he was a restricted free agent. And I don't remember exactly how it went. But essentially, he went to Sacramento for playing time. And it sucks because every time I see him, he's like the one that got away. Yeah. Because he was he, I really, really enjoyed Rashawn Holmes. But then we had Baines after him. So it was like, oh, we love Baines. It's always that rotation of centers we've always had. True. Except for this year where we just don't have one. So a backup yeah. centers. I mean. We're just we're stuck with Dario smoking cigarettes. So so who wins the game, Matthew? Who sins? <laughs> well, I spelt that wrong. Let me do this. Who sins? Who sins? <laughs> the sons of the kings. Oh, that's really interesting for the people yeah. listening. Here you go. Who wins? Who wins? The sons or the kings? Sons. What do you think, chat? You think I should pick the Kings here in an effort to try to make up to Matthew? You actually should watch the Kings win. I should. That's what's gonna happen. I should. I should just go Kings. I should just go all just, in. Like, you know what? You I'm should. doing that from here on out. Every time okay. you pick something, I'm going the opposite. Stop picking okay. the Suns, you son of a bitch! All you do is pick the Suns, and all they do is win. I, I no okay. opportunity. Next pod, you go next. You go first, and then I'll choose opposite. I'll do that. Oh no, because the next one was going into the Spurs game. Okay. <laughs> And I fucking hate the Spurs. <laughs> oh, man. Are we doing that podcast? Which one? The Spurs one. Oh, we'll talk about it off air. Oh, okay. I just know that we're going to be out of town, and I don't know if it's yeah. going to be an opportunity. So, GMs just stand by for a Saturday night. So, <sighs> fuck me. I'm going with the Kings. I'm going with the Kings. Oh, he did Yeah. It. Yeah. Oh Blaze Megatron. Just, hey, Voida, just tank picks for next year. Exactly, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm Get tanking. That number one pick. We're, we're, we're going all the eight, go, like the Suns. Let's six. go, Suns. But I'm, I'm picking the Kings in this matchup because I've officially I, I'm on tilt. It's like poker right. where I just had like you know pocket Kings and I just lost to somebody with Ace Jack and an Ace came on the river and the next hand I've got a seven three and I'm just fucking all in. You know, like I'm. <laughs> you're gonna I'm going come back next it. pod. You're gonna be ad- addicted to drugs. You're gonna have you know, a finger cut off. Jay's got a good point though. He says no. Wait for the road trip. Okay. No, nope, I'm late? still going Kings. I'm still going All Kings. Right. I said it. I can't unsay it. So, damn it. Disgusting. Damn it. Oh, You're going to well. be cheering for the Kings. Oh, I'm not cheering for the Kings. But if the Kings do win, I'll be like, hey, at least I gained a game on Matthew. Now I'm only three behind again. Uh, whatever. I've gone off too long about this. Oh, so, God. on that note, Jamsters, I think it's time to wrap up this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Again, thank you ever so much for joining us. If you're joining us live on the YouTube, make sure you hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button. And thank you to those who donated in the super chat. One of these days, we're going to get Matthew a real beer so he can drink it instead of cranberry Miranda vodkas. So, we truly appreciate that. Make sure you follow the, pa- the podcast at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. And please subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a five star review and we'll read it on the podcast. On that note, I am done. My beer is empty and it is time to call it a night. Take care, Jamsters. We truly appreciate you hanging out with us. All right. Yeah. Everyone go home and love your family. Take care.